0: Following Willie more and more. Oh back in the
1: NRL. There's Willie Matt. Must have gotten how big Willie actually is.
0: Perhaps the presence of Willie
1: and the Panthers looking at his imposing frame.
0: I'm a 25-minute man. Oh, you
1: got skill, son! No, Uppercut I'm right hand by Big Willie.
2: Welcome to episode number six of the Take with Willie Mason. I am sitting again in an underground bunker with just William for company, mate. We're going okay, but I would say the podcasting skill setup has failed us this week.
3: It's unbelievable what we're doing right now. We've got it. We've set up some sort of video. I've got no. I've got no headphones. You look like you've got headphones. Um, we've got a little. Uh, Old school radio, what you've got there. So, when we do have some callers on, when we um, when we ring up uh, Boydie Cordner, he's going to be coming through that.
2: Well, mate, we well, very yeah. professional. It's unbelievable. It's, the, the headphones aren't working, so now what we've done is we've stuck the output cord into an old radio we found. Yeah, and I hope this works We're because make do, mate. as easy. you say, we have dug into your little black book. It's full of blokes, surprisingly, but. <laughs> And we have pulled out Boyd Cordner, the current Australian captain. He'll yeah. be joining us on the show a little bit later, which is exciting. Mate, he's great. I
3: mean, he, oh, there's no better player to get on at the moment. He's uh, two-time captain of the Roosters in the last couple of years, Origin in the last couple of years, Australia, everything. He's the most successful player in the last five years. And it'd be great to have him on the show because he's a, he's a very humble person. He's very modest and I th- he doesn't get the accolades I don't think he does. He deserves. He's, a, he's an amazing player. He's one of the toughest players to play the game, and he's only 27.
2: And he has an outstanding chin, which you it's would a be. It's a chin-off. would be a it's good chin-off. chin-off. Be yeah. ex- it's a shame he can't be here because of social isolation, because yeah. that would be quite a no, chin be great. battle. Yep. <laughs> we have discussed a number of things over the last few weeks, and Rugby League continues to provide us with things to talk about. One thing that I wanted to talk to you about, was there's a massive agenda at the moment about Todd Greenberg being a dead man walking, he's finished, Mm. and I don't understand. The the News Limited media is all over him like a rash at the moment and essentially they're making it untenable for his job to remain as it is. Is that coming purely from journos or is there some player involvement in that as well? I mean, are they actually off him as much as what people are saying?
3: I think uh, think they're a little... They'll let a lot slide. What's in the next couple couple of months? They'll let Valandis do a great job. Todd Greenberg's doing a good job, but he's he's betrayed the players, and that trust has gone. It's dissipated. How do you mean but
2: betrayed the players? Well, in what I mean way? like
3: people, people. You can put it in your own in your own words, but like when you guys like uh, BJ Lay-Lewis come out, like what, like with this whole um, pay cut and thing. And that's no, that's only just an example. Like oh yeah, uh, we'll take. We're taking so at that stage 75% for players, mm. he's going to take 25%. Or well, before that, he was going to take, he was going to stand down, then 25%. And now he'll take with the players. So he's just with that, that sort of, those sort of actions with players and just say, if I was a current, if I was a current player, I'll be like, what's he doing? He's lying. What's he doing? Like, so when you lose the trust of the playing group, we'll let you get the game back on and go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they'll reassess everything and I think he'll be he'll be done because you don't forget shit like this as a player or the board or anybody who's playing or paying the game because I think the NRL or ARL what it's been called New South Wales Rugby League for the last since it's been televised has been just absolutely just just skimming off the top because I, I, I the last for the last year especially when the especially for the NRL era you know the game has has been making a shitload of money and I mean the game should be I can understand why the players are they're probably thinking, you know what like why 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 haven't why can't we have six months why can't we have like we if the game worst case scenario six months out why why haven't we got why haven't they got their backs like we give you such great product you know and we expected the game and the game makes x amount of dollars and we expect to be taken care of where it's a different it's a different kettle of fish I know everybody is going through the the some tough times any any sort of occupation but we're not like the nba we're not like the nfl where there's billionaire owners we are run by a governing body and we 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 rely on them they're our boss we rely on our boss to have our back when the game's making millions and millions of dollars we just sit out there we're just cattle bang go out and play guys go out and play here's origin what does origin make shut your mouth just go out and play you know, there's a lot of things that go on, grand finals, all this kind of stuff. No one knows. Players don't know. So we just shut up. we just just going, okay, we'll just get out there and play. Now, no one planned for a fucking pandemic. They did not. They did no. not plan for a pandemic when the books would have to go, all right, this is what we've been doing. Where the fuck is that money? Well, what, what have we been? We've been generating all this money. We've signed the biggest deal, the biggest TV deal per capita in sports history. Where's that money gone? We're getting 500 550 million dollars from TV rights a year. Like why why don't we have 4 or 5 months. We're not paying we're not paying. This is not the NFL with 160 million dollars a year uh, salary cap. We're talking 10 mil, maybe 10 mil. 160 million dollars a year. You can pay every single club if the NRL is earning that much money.
2: I like, I don't understand. That-
3: so I think sorry, I, the the players once you betray them and they don't trust you as a leader the RLPA will have their private meetings with players, and they'll go, "What do you think?" And they'll they'll turn on him. Well,
2: Vlandis is ruthless. I said that to you. When I like Vlandis, man. For some ruthless. reason, I don't know. So like, he's, he's, he's doing a great job, but you know, at the end of the day, he's arrived, and all of a sudden, Greenberg, which who was doing a reasonable job up until now, he's just been thrown well, under the, the bus. The books have been opened.
3: The books are open. Like we,
2: one thing that I'm surprised with, they reckon. That there's 400 employees with the NRL, and that the APL, which is worth 40 billion, quadrillion dollars, has got 160. Yeah, I mean, how do they like? How do they justify two, two and a half times that?
3: I think we said it last week. There's 180 million plus just on salaries and all the bullshit like we're Mm. not we're not the most proactive game in the world we sit back we just we just sit back and like the game hasn't grown in the last 10 years the salary cap has but we've bush footy's dying all these other critical things that the game needs junior football's dying all this kind of stuff is dying all around us but the top echelon's pretty good and we keep getting paid the NRL which is the main thing which goes on TV but everything else, like the, I know bush footy. I get a lot of calls from people. A lot of, a lot of people in in the DMs on Twitter. All this kind of stuff. What's up? Bush footy. Bush footy. Bush footy. And that's where it is. Like the young kids, they're not getting all. They're, they're not getting money. You know, we live in the eastern suburbs. There's clubs shutting down. Yeah, you, know, mm. you can't get a full. You can't get under sevens to under 15s a, a packed roster like it was in the eighties and nineties. Cause people are off the game. Probably,
2: probably talking about rugby league in the eastern suburbs is yeah. A I know, strong, but I mean, but you not... talk,
3: but I talk about Newcastle when Newcastle's getting effective and Wollongong are getting effective with their juniors. Something's wrong with the game.
2: What do you reckon? I mean, I look at now the way. They're talking about you know this Apollo, which is the worst name in the world. What the fuck mean, is Apollo? It's the moon landing. It's yeah, got, I know. No, it's I don't stupid. Know, anyway. Come on, some decent. That was, that was Volandis, I think. Anyway. Fucking but Project Shut they're Up. They're talking about Project Apollo. Now, what is one of the things that they're talking about in that? And, and obviously the NFL, you follow the NFL. I don't. Love it. You've got people sliding into your DMs and you watch the NFL. I do not because I'm not cool. But what? tell me about the conference system. Like they're talking about a conference system now. Oh. How how is that working? Well, over in the NFL, they have a uh, back. It's different. This is this is why it's so
3: hard because in America, it's a massive sport. Massive. It's the number one sport. So they've got thirty-two teams, and it's divided into d- different conferences. So there's an AFC and an NFC, and then AFC North, East, South, West, four teams each, and then same for the NFC. Four teams each in each conference, north, east, south, west. And then you've got to win your division. So this is on a bigger scale. You've got to win your division. So if you if you win the NFC east, north, south, west, you go into a playoff system and the second best record, and it gets a lot more technical. So if you don't really follow the game, fucking don't listen. So And and the same from the AFC. And then the winners from both conferences play in the Super Bowl. Right, so that's what Gus is saying, and a lot of play, a lot of a lot of our listeners, they understand that film, they know how how it is. So what I'm saying is, so not, how
2: does it work in rugby league then? So, so
3: what's going on now? They they uh, the two conferences is 14 week season, four weeks for the final series, eight in Sydney, eight in the Sunshine Coast. Who is the eight in Sydney, and who are the eight on the Sunshine Coast? That's what I want to know, and there's a lot of whinging about the points at the start of the year if it's a new season I'm sorry I heard some coaches whinge about it if it's a new competition fucking shut up it's four points mm. like get over it just because you're a bottom these teams that were bottom feeders for the last couple of years oh my god where are our points it's a new season this is some shit Uncharted territory, but we haven't been through yet. We haven't been; anyone's been through this stuff. We're going through it now, so we're making shit up as we go. Stop whinging about your fucking four points. That's all I heard on social media. Oh my god, this— are we going to carry it over? Oh man, it made me fucking sick. I couldn't believe it's not probably not the players. It's not the players. It's not the players. It's the coaches and administrators. Like shut up, the kids. All these, all these. Boys want to do is get on the field and play. So there'll be two conferences and a four-week final series, which take it'll take us to eight weeks total. But I want to I want to know who's north and south. So that that's what it would pretty much be called: the north North Conference, South Conference. We meet up four-week series. It'll be two, two, bang, two of the best, or maybe three of the best, maybe, and then three three top ones, and then they'll prob- they'll figure it out. Yeah, but. Like I just, I'm not sure. The, we're not a proactive sport, and I can understand these old dinosaurs coming out. Oh, it's not going to fucking work. It's not going to work. That's what we do as Aussies, and that's what we do for sport. We're not proactive. We don't want to. Grow, we don't want to grow the game. America, the blueprint is there. They have a, obviously they have a bigger market, but go with the times. Like just try, just try it.
2: So, are you saying that? Naming this particular project after a moon landing of 50 years ago isn't proactive? Is that what you're saying? They could have named it.
3: Who is that? Wayne Pierce? Fuck me. At Wayne at Pierce. The times. He played in the 89 grand bloody, final with McNeil. Yeah, should have called the McNeil project. That's about it.
2: It's 100% should be McNeil. McNeil should be on the board too. <laughs> I don't uh, know. Do you,
3: what do you think about it? When I, when I, when I say this to you as a, as a fan, I'm going, all right, well, this is what we're going to do. We've got the next, you know, we've got a 14-week season. Um, we're going to play. We're going to have eight in Sydney, eight on the Sunshine Coast. Pick. Oh, do the Sydney Sydney team stay here? Do the Queensland team stay up there?
2: Do you know what I reckon? Will honestly, I reckon what what the fans want is to have games. And so yeah. all you can dress, you, you can put as much lipstick on a pig as you want. It's still a pig. All they want is for. Games to be on. So whether it's conferences, whether it's people, t- no one cares. People just want to see the big, moment, strong blokes running bit, to each other. That's bit of
3: it. A, um, side note WrestleMania was on on the weekend. 945 million viewers. Biggest ever.
2: Hang on, what 940?
3: 945 million viewers all over the world through social oh. media through anything? So you can't think people aren't losing their fucking
2: minds at home. Is that just Nine hundred forty five. Why would I just lie? No, you wouldn't lie. Google it's it. just your fact. I'm not going to yeah, Google well, it. I just, Fact check. I am Google. You. Are- all right. <laughs> Supercomputer. So just that's that's, 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 a that's, people,
3: that's, that's a lot of people. That's a lot of people that's viewing it because there's no one in. There's no one in. There no is no one there. Obviously, there's empty stadiums playing doing wrestling. Like, do you know what I mean?
2: Not, wrestling,
3: not, wrestling. That's what I'm saying. So if you don't think there's a market for something, that's why the NBA want to get there because they want to fucking dominate the market right now. Yeah. The NFL ain't moving. No. Nah. They're going. We're going to do this. They're going to do um, they're going to do uh, some sort of for the for the draft. They're doing a sort of reality sort of shit. I don't know what they're doing, but it's pretty cool. Um, the soccer soccer's trying to do it. NBA's trying to do it. Everybody's trying to do it because they know we're all sitting at home. What are you doing at home? You watch your fucking Netflix. You've gone through that a hundred times. I mean, you you are still working because you're a pharmacist, but your average Joe is losing their fucking you mind at home. You genuinely
2: do not want to know what I'm doing at home to fill my time, William. But it's I'm just not- saying, like, I talk to all
3: the boys and I know what they're doing. They're like, I'm so bored. I've watched everything on Netflix, everything on Stan, Disney+, Plus, all this shit, Foxtel, reruns. I'm just sick of the fucking reruns. I'm still my head in. If I see another fucking mock team or a bullshit game from the 80s or 90s or whatever, it's just like, that's good for the off-season. But right now, I'm like, I'm sick of like, like oh, Paul Gallen's best team or like Billy Slater's best team, but they're employed by Channel Nine to do this sort of shit. They
2: sharing. had one of your games on the other day. I watched yeah, that. but you I'm went just right. are, you, are you sick of the? Not good. Are you sick of the? Um, I just want footy, you know. And, exactly. And I, so your
3: average your average person who I don't watch rugby league, I don't watch AFL, I don't do. It, you're killing for some sort of sport. Something,
2: something, and that's why I think the conference. It, it, whatever gets who it cares? over the line, who cares? What in what form it comes back? If they need to dress it up and they need we to t- sell it, we
3: touched on it last. We touched on it last week.
2: Just have people
3: and, and But the thing is, it's gone to another. It's gone to another level, really. Um, with the with the what is it? The, um, hang on, I've, I actually wrote it down. Solitary for, confinement. They want for to people who can't solitary
2: because people can't see what you've got here, William, mm-hmm. and it worries me every week. So yeah. you don't often take notes, but when you do you write down like a stream of consciousness and then you colour it in with different coloured textures. Yes. And it just, I cannot cope with it. Can you just read what you need to read and then put (laughs) that away? Anyway, 14 days solitary confinement for these kids. Could you do it? If it meant playing footy, I would. By yourself. That's what solitary confinement means, will you? Yeah, if I had to. Okay. Gen- if okay, I had, genius. If, if <laughs> Thanks I, if, for elaborating. Go if, on. If, if I had to, and it was a choice between, I mean, you've got to remember, these blokes are giving up contracts that are worth big money. So mm. if they need to sit in a hotel room and watch Netflix and attack themselves for 14 days, <laughs> then they'll do it. You know, they'd be happy to do it. Pornhub will be getting a fair run. It, well, you're giving away for free now, premium. I Is it? That. Yeah. Oh, you that. dirtbag. But I just at
3: the moment now... Like I'm just trying to think of your average footballer who's just sitting at home doing their heads in, you know. Like they're all they're used to the the, the bubble which they're going to be actually put into, but they've escaped the bubble because they don't know any different. I said I think I touched on it last week of what's what these guys are doing. Like they're, they're pretty much fooled everyone. You know, social media fools everyone. Yeah. So when you see your favorite player going down the park and oh, he's doing he must be training. It's a microcosm of what they do in the day. It's a minute. These kids have to go home, you know, and just do it. Like if you if you're a single bloke, if you're a married bloke, or whatever, you got to deal with yourself every single day. You are used to getting told what to do every day. You're on a schedule. You eat, live, breathe, shit, football, nonstop. And these kids, like I I look at, um, like Cameron Smith, he come out and goes, "Oh, I couldn't do the solitary confinement." Of course, you fucking can't. You're 37 years old. You've been playing for 20 years. You're not going to do it. You don't want to do it. No, because. But but does a 21-year-old, 22-year-old they
2: just want to play footy. They don't care. No.
3: They don't care. Players play. Players play. And that's all we know. We just want to get out there. We don't give a fuck about crowds. Anything like that, that's we we don't we just don't care. I know these kids just want to get out there. And especially when they go, all right, well, you're gonna get like, if we don't play boys, fifty to seventy percent of your cash might be gone. All well, of a sudden. You are living paycheck to paycheck, getting your 15,000, 20,000 or something after tax. And then you're sitting at home going, shit, that's going to get halved. And then half it again from the tax man. You're sitting there with three, four grand. Does that pay your mortgage? Does that pay your car? Does that pay everything? You're in the fucking red. That's what's going to happen for four or five months. And so that's that's just real talk. And I know what these kids are like. And I see, I watch, I, I, I follow them on social media. I do all this I, and I know. That's just a little fucking fight. You, you, never, you never put a shit photo. You never put something when you're looking real shit and down. You never see that. You never oh, I don't put, have you, much choice You know but what I mean? to what but, but, but you never go out. You never go, oh, my God, I look real shit. I don't look ripped. I don't do this. I don't do that. Life's not good. You never put negative stuff up. No. Because you want to put this – you want to portray to everybody that you, everything's all good. But mo- most of the time things are all good. But you need. they have to go home and deal with themselves. And if you don't have – structure in your life right now and your life's all over the place and you live in paycheck to paycheck and you are not balanced. Wayne Bennett was massive on this. You need a balanced life outside of football and that it coincides with both. You know, you need to like have both. For your football to be at the optimum, you need a balanced lifestyle. That's true. Whether it be nutrition, off-field drinking, Anything, anything like that, your life is so important. And I just think these kids right now, because they're out of the NRL bubble where they get protected all the time, they've got to do their own training. It's like, well, do you do you, like all you can do is get messages from your trainer, go out and do, you know, 10 100s and Malcolm's and all this kind of stuff and burpees and weights, all this stuff. Yeah, yeah, no worries.
2: Well, mate, seeing as you are a big dog and you do have a very impressive black book. Why don't you stick this cord thing into your phone and let's let's ring Boyd Cordner, the current Australian captain, the current uh, Premiership winning Roosters captain. He's done everything in the game. We, as I said, we're going to try and.
3: John just tried to ring me. Oh,
2: no. Oh, big dog. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. Here we go.
3: Better answer. Hello. <laughs> Boydie, Willie Mason, I thought you weren't going to fucking answer. You're kidding me. Oh, really? Nah, it's all good. How are you, mate? Yeah, all good, mate. What's happening? Nah, not really, mate. Start? Yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah.
2: Mate, you're actually, because we're, we're not very good at this. Boyd, it's Ian Byrne speaking. How are you, mate? Hello, mate. Yeah, I'm good. Um, we, we're literally, what we've done now is we've rigged it up. We've got to do it in our in the garage by ourselves, and we've rigged it yep. up. and You're coming through a 1950s radio at the moment, so I hope you can hear it. You're killing it.
1: Fucking
2: hell. <laughs> it's all about the content, mate. It's all about the content. Yeah, that's it. Now, cool. mate, one thing, like we talked last week. Last week, they were talking about you, blokes all being isolated up at Tangaluma Island Resort. As yeah, of it's today. All they're sticking you at homebush. That is the greatest downgrade in the history of the world. You've gone yeah, from Tangaluma to homebush.
1: Yeah. It's um Yeah, well, apparently today they're they're talking about um they're talking about that we'll be sweet to just like stay at home and isolate ourselves now. Wow. Um, I'm not sure if you her, heard, but fuck, that's what they'll um that's what they are talking about.
3: That's amazing. That's unreal. Anyway, I'll just go through your Last, I think, 10 years of uh, rugby league, you know, you're only, I think you're 28 this year in June, you've played 170 games for the Roosters, 15 New South Wales games, 20 tests, three premierships, you debuted in 2011, you played a hell of a lot of football, probably 200 plus games, how is your body feeling right now?
1: Yeah, look, it's actually feeling really good after a, a full pre-season and um. And and having this break off as well has probably been a blessing in disguise, to be honest. But um, yeah, it's probably well documented about my injuries at a, at a young age, and then obviously you'd know really like some of the the injuries that people don't know about that you just have to yep. you know continue on and play on with week to week. Um, you know that's what we signed up for and. You know, this break has probably come at a good time in my career, to be honest. So I'm um, really looking forward to, you know, getting that training in and, and resting the body as well.
3: Yeah, because we, I was you, you know, last Monday and we were talking about just, you know, yourself, Boyd Cordner, as a, as a 27, 28-year-old, played a hell of a lot of football. You know, your three premierships and, and your big campaigns into, into final series since you pretty much debuted. You know, your yeah. test for Australia, the origins, the captaincies, the pressure that you've been under, it's yeah. its different. You're at a point now in your career where you're like, you know what, I don't mind six months of a little bit of rest and like mentally just get yourself back to where you are, where you want to be, and you could probably get another five years out easily. But I want yeah. to think about just say your young kid like Flanagan, who's 21 years old, biting it to bits, like he's a young kid with the, you know, trying to take Cooper Cronk's position, he's uh, – you know, his old position and yep. trying to fit into your culture. Like, I, I try and think of a kid like that. Like, where would his head be at? And what are you doing as a captain and as a leader of men for your younger kids?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, You know, it's obviously would have been playing on his mind ever since he, um, he signed with the club. But he's come in and he's been outstanding. Um You can just see... You know, you, you sort of have to have that level head and that confidence about you as a young half these days, and he certainly does have that. He's he's been uh, respectful, which is a big thing.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, coming from a coming into a new team and a new system, being a young kid, so look, he's definitely um, impressed us all there at the Roosters with his attitude and the way he's turned up for training, and you know. Uh, it's going to be hard. Like it's hard for for guys like myself, or it's hard for guys like Mitch Orbison who's been playing for 15 years. And we, we this is the unknown. We sort of haven't yeah. been able to deal with it. But like I said, Willie, we we're just chatting about it before. It's probably a blessing in disguise for these young kids as well. You know, yes. like they don't really understand until you get to that later stage, and you go. Well, Like, it could save him a bit, you know, so um, mentally it will be hard for him because they're just, when you're young and full of energy and excitement and enthusiasm, you just want to play every week. You want to play every second day when you, you, like, get a taste of first grade. So it's just about reeling them in, you know, keeping them calm and, you know, the show's going to get back on the road.
2: Mate, how have you found, I guess, the communication from both – I guess, from your own club and from the NRL, as players, have they been keeping you sort of up to date with how things are going and where things are? Or is it, I mean, you're fighting blind a little bit at this point?
1: Yeah, look, it's hard because everything's changing day by day. So I think us as a country, we're just uh, learning on the run. But in saying that, our club, uh, La has been really good in contact with us. We've obviously training programs and that. But as far as... Um, communication from the NRL. Um, You know, I think there it hasn't really, like, we don't really know what's happening. We're just um, reading what's in the media at the moment, and look, to be honest, they've got that committee to, um, you know, obviously figure out a way how to get the the NRL back on track, and um, I suppose they're working with Todd and Peter Volandi there, um, you know, day by day, so they're learning on the run as well.
2: Are the players, I mean, there's a lot of talk in the papers, obviously, or in the media, there's about Peter Volandis and 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 Greenberg and the jobs that they're doing specifically. Do the players care what the difference between the CEO or the chairman or like as long as things are getting done? Do the players yeah. actually care about who's doing what?
1: Yeah, not really. Like you said, as long as things are getting done, and you know they've they've been put in this high position, and to be honest, I think they're they're doing a pretty good job. Um, you know. Firstly, we've organised on the pay with with the players. Um, you know, moving forward, if worst case scenario that we didn't play a game, but now it looks like we're going to be back on in in a couple of months. But like you said, as soon as we get some clarity around everything, then you know you're going to um, have you know clarity is everything. If if we get told a date where we need to go back in, then you're going to um, get some guys that are going to be more relaxed because they know what they're going to do.
3: Yeah. Hey, Boydie, with just playing with the Roosters and the culture that you've built, you know, throughout the, the eight years there, um, you trust your players to be doing the right thing at the moment. Um, yeah. But when you but when you do go into camp, like, how are you going to deal with this um, solitary confinement, mate? Just personally, how are you going to deal with this? And how many how many other like just say you know people that have got uh, wives and kids and everything like that? Yeah. You know, like, could could you deal with? You know the fourteen days are just solitary confinement because that would do a lot of blokes' heads in. You know? I mean, I know a lot of rugby league players and we're built different. And you yeah. know, can you, can you deal? Can you deal with your own self for fourteen days, mate? Because it's it's unbelievable what they're asking.
1: Yeah, it is, and you know, it's it's a it's a big ask. Um, but you just have to look at the sacrifices and and what rugby league has given us and the life yeah. it's led us. So it's just about, you know, we have to give back at a time like this. And it's something that we're going to have to do. It's something that's going to be tough for, for a lot of players. I know with myself, I'm okay. I don't really have kids or or that sort of commitment yet in my life. So it would be easier for a guy like me compared to a guy like Jared who has two daughters, yeah. you know what I mean? So, But then again, like it is something that we're going to have to do
2: mate one thing a general workplace like if you go to a general job whether it's a tradie or whatever you're doing in a job yeah you, you you've got workmates they're not necessarily your best mates whereas in your in a footy club you're yeah. literally with those blokes all the time they end up being essentially your closest group of friends because that's just the way football works yeah do you do you find that it's more difficult and obviously, being captain of the of, of the club as well, do you find it more difficult that you're not seeing these blokes where well, you've been seeing them every day for however many years now? Yeah, and then yeah. That, all of a sudden you're not seeing them every day. How do how do you yeah. try and keep that group feel going?
1: Yeah, it's, it's hard, but then again, like you know, that that's why you play footy. And Willie will tell you, you you there's not a better feeling when you know you bust your ass together and. A, a, a long pre-season hot day and then sitting around after like what you've just gone through together mm-hmm. um after playing a, a, a big game a semi-final and you you went in and you're sitting around the sheds you know that's they're feelings that you just can't buy or or feelings that yeah you just you just can't can't buy or can't match and to have that taken away from you i mean it's yeah, it's hard to adjust. I mean, we're, we're lucky we've got smartphones and that now. We've got WhatsApp groups, we've got FaceTimes or whatever. So we can stay in contact that way, but it's just not the same, you know, rocking up each day, like you said, with with your best mates and, and yeah, going to work. I mean, like, yeah. it's, it's obviously different with, you know, putting on, um, packing your toolbox or whatever. But, you know, we get the same satisfaction about, you know, working hard together and finishing the day off together.
3: All right. um, just I just want to ask, like the first two rounds, or the first was it first three, two or three? Two, two. Uh, no crowds that second round. Yep. I mean, no. Was it?
2: Was yeah, it yeah. Fact check. The second Fat round. Fact yeah. The second fact round. Check.
3: How was that? Like, I just, I can't. I, I mean, I love, I love the crowd. I hated the crowd sometimes, but it was a big. Shit. It's a big. It's a big thing in in rugby league. It's when I was younger, when you were younger, buddy. You just wanted to run out and see a massive yeah. crowd and everybody. Especially, I think I think the wingers really miss them because they get to talk to the crowd a lot more than us. Yeah. But I just think, like, how was that playing in round two with nobody there? Like, I mean, was I just I just can't get into the mindset of you kids and what, what's been happening? Like, how was that?
1: Yeah, it's um, it's different. It was probably the first time it sort of ever happened. But like you said, um, and, and playing your, your, the start of your career, it's that's, you get, that's where you get your nerves and get your excitement because you are going to Brookvale Oval or you're going to play at, um, at, at the Knights stadium. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's why, you know, that builds that emotion. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't play the first couple of rounds, Will, but, um, the, the boys said it was quite different. Um, I was speaking to Dylan Napper, and he reckons that it just felt everything felt like bigger around him. The spaces felt bigger, yeah, just because there might have been no one there. So it was a different feeling. But I reckon once the kickoff goes, and you know you're in a yeah, you competition yeah, and think, it's you versus them, then I yeah. reckon it probably gets more personal. But I, I think
3: I think obviously you're you're in the middle and on the edge, and you're you're right in the business there. It would be a lot yeah. easier for us, like, to not really think about the crowd. Um, yeah, exactly. But like if you're an outside back, like you know your centres and winners, yeah, you, man, you are fucking yeah. doing your head in. Like yeah, imagine Blake sure. Ferguson and Fox and that. They just they, they just want to sit on the sidelines, score tries, and just say hello to the crowd and take <laughs> exactly. a piss. Exactly. And I just I couldn't had imagine. A lot of time to so even going into that, like state of origin, it's been talked about yeah. a lot. You brought it up saying, look, and maybe our first sort of couple of games, we should be yeah. it should be straight into origin.
2: Mate, is that is yep. that actually what you said? Because things get twisted in the media. Is that were you saying that, in your opinion, it should be the first three games of the season should be the Origin games?
1: No, I didn't say that. I said the first um, the first games where the crowds are allowed back. Yeah, then you right. should Start that Origin series. Yeah, that's per- yeah. so, so um, do you reckon?
2: How I mean, I know Will and I were talking about it earlier, and just talking about Origin and how um, you know running out for Origin is like. I mean, I know from Willie's experience it was like nothing else he ever experienced in his whole life. And yeah. the whole concept of Origin without a crowd, I don't know, it just it does lack something, don't you reckon?
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, Origin's all about um, what, where you come from and yeah. uh, that patriotic. Um, Are you from Old
3: Bar or Taree, boy? Set it straight. Whole bar mate, yes, for sure. exactly, all the time. They yeah. try and claim it, mate. <laughs> yeah. No one has yeah. ever
2: admitted to being from Taree ever in the yeah, history I'll of bar. the <laughs> <laughs>
1: world. Was... No, bar, mate for no, sure. Bar. But nice. yeah, getting back to your question, it is it is about the fans. It's um, you know, it's something that I don't think anywhere else in the world has that. It's definitely the biggest um, uh, event in in Australian sport at the yeah. moment for sure, and and. That's that's because of the fans. The fans make it what yes. it is. So. To not have them there at the game will be definitely different, but it's something that we're going to have to do and, and get used to.
3: Yeah, I think – I mean, we, we spoke about this last week, and we're like, when you're a younger kid, it's like, oh, I want to, I want to play Origin, but, like, it's – you want to – you just, only Origin because you want to compete with the best, but then yeah. the crowd comes into it. Like, even as a – you want to play NRL because there's crowds there. People are cheering for you. Everybody loves that adulation. But yeah, in Origin, sure. it's times one billion percent – one billion. Like, it's ridiculous running out at Suncorp. Yeah. Nobody experiences that stuff unless you play at Origin. Nobody experiences running at Homebush or Perth or all these places we're playing at now. Like, I just don't – I just – like, me as a a former player, I'm like, wow, if you've experienced that and then – and then you got to go into into it this year with no crowd. I understand crowd, from the NRL. Yeah. I understand from the NRL it's a money grabbing thing. Oh, yeah. it's, it's all about the viewers and all that kind of stuff. But I wonder, I wonder, like if they actually think about the players. Like right now, I don't think they do.
1: Yeah, look, um, that's a that's a that's a tough one. You know, they got to abide by what whatever the the world's doing at the moment, and yeah. it's it's the world we live in. We also look, although we can say how how um. Much we want the fans to be there yeah. at this stage, they can't, so they yeah. just have to deal with the best they can with the cards they've been dealt.
3: Yeah, I, I agree. But imagine making your debut. Oh,
1: mate. <laughs> <laughs> <And> <laughs> That'll be
3: imagine making your debut, your whole dream, and just so um, your whole dream was going, Oh, I want to play Origin. And I don't know, you might be 26, the, a packed Suncorp, you're a Queenslander, hopefully, it's a Queenslander, yeah. and yeah. they get to they the play, and there's no one at Suncorp. <laughs> that would be yeah. devastating. <laughs> yeah,
1: that'd be pretty bad,
2: mate. What do you reckon? Because I mean, you talk about the world is as how it is, and you can't change that. With the New Zealand Warriors obviously in the comp, if there's yep. no international travel, if they come back and they start playing the comp, and the Warriors aren't in it, um, how does? I mean, that would sort of. It's an unusual year as it is, but if the, an entire team's not playing in that comp, it just makes yep. it sort of weird to think about you know because all those warriors fans are there and they can't support their team and all of a sudden there'd have to be a buy round as well so
1: yeah so you you've got the players as well to think about like imagine what they would be going through not being able to be a part of it all so um there are some definitely big big factors that go into it and um you'd definitely like to think that the warriors will be there but it is a possibility, though. Might not as well, just depending on what happens and how it pans
2: out. Mate, in a perfect world for you, how, how does this play out now? I mean, if under the conditions that there are at the moment, would you yeah. like to play, you know, everyone plays everyone once and you play or this conference system they're talking about? Do, do you have a preference or was it just you just want to play footy?
1: Yeah, look, I, I, you definitely want to play footy, but at, at this stage it's looking more like playing everyone once, um, with the, with the way that you know Australia has dealt with this at the moment the the rates of the coronavirus or whatever has gone down so the ideal situation would not to go into isolation as a, as a whole competition and what they're talking about now is that we might even be able to like still live at our homes isolate in our homes and and still keep the competition off obviously with no fans and whatever and charter flights and that so. Look, that's probably going to be the best-case scenario for us at the moment. It's just um, a matter of when when it will happen.
2: Did your opinion change as soon as they said you all had to go to home, Because that would yeah, have been well, for well, me. Main, that would have been the end of that. My
1: changes every day. I'm hearing stuff all the time, so... Look, until I get a bit of clarity, then that's when I'll be able to sort of switch on and get my mind around
3: things. So, yeah, obviously um, all the players have been all over the shop. You've got a great leader there in Trent Robinson and a great club. And the yeah. culture that you've built in the last 10 years has been phenomenal. You know, guys like SBW and Cooper Cronk coming through your doors. What what have you learned from those guys and, and most of the other guys? So I heard when SBW got there, the whole culture changed. And then obviously Cooper Cronk about five or six years later.
1: Yeah, because when you got to think about like when uh, Sonny come back, he's probably most of all of our our guys like heroes when we were growing up. You know, it was yeah. the highlights. So whatever he was doing, you know, we wanted to do as well. Like he was training in the gym, and you know, we wanted to just like train like him. So whatever he was doing, he was lifting the standards up to the training and 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 around the club, which which um, which then built the whole. Like, our standards are higher. I mean, you've, you've dealt with him yourself. Yeah. we just... Uh, his professionalism, um, the way he attacks every single session he does, no matter what it is, his competitive nature, um, his lifestyle away from footy. Um, you know, he was just awesome influence to all us young boys. Like, myself, Jared, Friendly was still young at that stage when he was there in 13. And, um, you know, we, we just... Like picked up and and grew and went to another level so that's what he'd done there and then when Cooper come it's just more of a, you know he his experience made like it was ridiculous he he knew 40 the back of his hand and um the way he could talk to the to the plotting group and and to make us believe you know that that we were the best and you know we went out and executed off that so they're two very influential players that have come through the Roosters and have have made us um, the club we are today.
2: Well, mate, it's been absolutely amazing having you on board tonight. We've uh, yeah, thanks for having us. We've really Appreciate enjoyed it, talk, chatting, mate, and uh, and thank you again. All we can do is, you know, wish you and all the the players, not just for your own club, but for the whole NRL, the best. And you know, it's been a difficult situation, and I think. Everyone's handling it as well as they can. And, mate, we really appreciate That's exactly your time. right, yeah. All
3: right, mate. Thanks, Boydie. That's
1: all right. Thanks, guys. Ta. Cheers,
2: mate. Cheers, Bye. mate. Later, black. There you go, Will. The main take-home message out of that was that Sonny Bill Williams was his hero and not you <laughs> growing up. That's the only thing I took from I remember from that.
3: playing against Boyd. Remember I went on my little hiatus to the south of France and i come back and Boyd, he was probably about maybe 20 and I was playing with the Knights and I hadn't got my legs underneath me or anything. I had no pre-season or anything. I was like, oh, i just run at this bloke and he fucking smashed me. <laughs> it was an unbelievable hit and it was really, I was like, holy fuck, this kid was supposed to be 20. I've known him since he was a young kid, 16 or 17 years old. He's always been a prodigy. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll test him out. Like, bang, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Fuck you, Boyd.
2: Well, he's, uh, <laughs> he's, a he's, great, a he's a great player. player. And,
3: he's the captain of our state and our country and the, one of the best clubs in Australia at the moment. So it says a lot for him and how how modest he is and how humble he is about his achievements. I mean, I could have I rattled a, a hell of a lot more. He's a leader of men and I'm glad that he's um, – he he has he's the captain of the Roosters especially but like even the leader of the NRL, like he's the Australian captain so he pretty much says whatever and they'll follow him. Yeah, um, so it's it's a, it's a credit to him and, and his family bringing him up such a great kid. He's always been like that. I and mean, I rang him. I rang him this morning. I said, "Boy, you, you know, I'm doing podcasts. You know, the take with Willie Mason and not Ian Byrne." And um, <laughs> and he goes, "Yep, no worries." Didn't even question it, didn't say anything, and then, you know, we just rang him then and it was great.
2: Did you mention my name, though? Is that why he came on? Well, that was the clincher. It was the clincher. It was done. We'll get your little black book going for the rest of the year and we'll see who else we can get on board. So, William, I must say that our introduction to gambling on the horses has been pretty average at best. And yeah. the clubs that are expecting to get money uh, – Hi everyone. We don't really have any money for you yet. But, but we are working on it. Give us time. It. Give us time, come on. Give us time. It's it's a new thing for us. Not for me. I mean I'm you just... you know you
3: know what you're talking about, but I'm pretty ordinary. Clearly not,
2: William, because I'm we... relying I'm
3: relying on you.
2: No, you're not. You're relying you're on, relying House on and PK. On,
3: you're relying on my friends.
2: Yeah, I know. Well, I'm relying on myself too, and that's working out very poorly. So what we are going to do now is ring Jared from Ned's. Jared I should be happy. We've got this still rigged up, so here we go. Hopefully, We are geniuses here.
0: How are
2: you? Jared, how are you, my friend?
0: Very well. How are you?
2: Mate, we are well. The only thing is you are rigged out of a 1930s radio at the moment (laughs) because our headphones don't work. But we've nailed this. Isolation
3: has been great and this uh, social distancing and we can't have anyone in this place, so we've got
2: to do all this shit by ourselves, so... Excuse it.
0: More than fair.
2: No worries. It's working about as well as our tips worked last week, Jared. Now, <laughs> you told me that you liked my tips. <laughs> Did you lie to me, me, Jared?
3: You're lying. You lied to me last week. You were just writing down, going, this guy has no idea. I was just trying
0: to make friends in week one. So maybe we can do <laughs> <get> something better, <laughs> up.
3: All right? I get, I get it. I get it. I get do it. Do you
2: know what? You'll be our better friend if you tell us when these tips. Do you know? I stand by the tips I made last week. Horses, they're very yeah, unpredictable. See, See, Ian's yeah. different than me. Like he studies the
3: guide every day. He does a lot of things. He's, every day, he's he settled down. He, he, <laughs> he is a pharmacist. He's a beacon of the community, but he doesn't mind. He doesn't mind a punt. So he's he studies the guide a fair bit. Me, on the other hand, I'm I'm getting into it slowly. But yep. as I said last week, I've got a couple of mates that think they know what they're talking about. But yeah, I'm 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 they're yet to come anywhere near it. Mate, as you know,
2: we expected very much to be betting on Rugby League, which is something we know a bit about, and that's not obviously the case. And we talked about that last week for how that was affecting you. What's been big on the Neds' uh, side this week? What are we betting on?
0: It's been a pretty similar scene to last week. Thankfully, we haven't lost a whole lot more this week, which is uh – which has been good. Look, we've, we've been going big on the eSports again. I know you are into that last week. I noticed, actually, that the, uh, the V8 supercars are starting their eSports series as we speak right now, actually. So I'm sure we'll be getting quite of interest, a bit of interest in things like that. All of your uh, indoor sports are still going well. The, uh, the table tennis is going big, and uh, thankfully we've got horse racing in most jurisdictions, so... Uh, that's what we've been looking at. So,
2: well, then, mate, just yeah, yeah. just explain to me again. So with the eSports V8, is is it essentially just the actual drivers sitting there playing yes, Daytona? Yeah. Is that what's going on? It
3: is. They're sitting in a yeah. car. It's it's very realistic. Yeah. Trust me. I've seen it.
2: You've got problems
3: too. <laughs> I watch <laughs> ESPN all the time, so I know what's going on. All the NASCAR drivers are doing doing it. The NBA players are playing 2K 20, 2020. They're playing against each other. People are betting on people. It's like... Like uh, it would be like Kevin Durant versus someone else. They're playing each other. It's it's ridiculous. Like, and they're betting on it. People are betting on it. These guys like yeah. uh, Andre Drummond. Like he was playing. Um, I think someone else last um, last week, and he flogged the dude by sixty points. Like it's ridiculous. So people are actually gambling on this stuff, which is unbelievable. So I yeah, know. I mean, there's when there's where there's league. human beings, there's there's gambling.
0: Yeah, definitely. There's professional leagues around the world, too. I mean, this is actually a serious thing. They're filling out stadiums now, watching uh, people it's... play a range of different games. So it's, uh, it's absolutely massive. And when it's got clear air like
3: this, it really just does go to another level. But right. what about Fortnite? They can bet on things like Fortnite and all these other yeah. games. It's
2: unbelievable.
3: Yeah. They're all adventure there. games, Ian, if you yeah. haven't... The, have, no, my the son fin- plays Fortnite. Fin- I, play don't Fortnite but like I don't Fortnite? He does. I don't know it's if I'd bet on him. He's
2: shit at it. But
3: yeah.
2: uh, <laughs> now, so... We are going to move into our tips for this week, Jared, and and I believe now that I've done a bit of research on you, I always do a bit of research on people, and you're supposed to be some sort of guru, Jared, and so what I want from you this week, my friend, is honesty. William has got a tip here. It's a very long-winded tip, but he's going to read it out to you, and then I want you to tell me honestly what you think.
3: All right. Uh, We've got Danon Premium in the Queen Elizabeth Stakes over 2,000 metres. At Randwick, race eight, number one. It's a yeah. Japanese horse. He got a just in time for the COVID, uh, just before the time of COVID-19 lockdown. And he is walking straight into this grand final. You know, just like their electronics, Japanese horses are better than ours. And this yep. bloke he, this bloke will be teaching a lesson at Randwick on Saturday with J-Mac on board. Just like one plus one is two. This bad boy just keeps, just keeps on winning. <laughs> I like that, Ron.
0: Is this the same mate that's been tipping you in every other week?
3: Yeah,
2: Mm. poorly. Let's just say it's been been unsuccessful.
0: I think he might be turning a corner here because I actually completely agree with him. This horse is outstanding. (laughs) Yes. Well, like you said, I mean, it's going straight into its grand final year. Some of its form last year was truly world class. It beat Lees Grasso, which came out and won the Cox Plate here last year. It also finished second in a race called the Tenno Show, which is sort of widely known as one of the world's better races. And it finished second behind a horse called Armandine, now, which certainly since weeks has retired, is quite widely uh, considered one of if not the best, horse in the world. I think if he turns up in any sort of condition on Saturday, he'll just be winning as well. So, Will, you might be steering us finally All into right. a winner here, which is dead. Yeah,
2: I know. Now, are you or are you not worried about this Japanese horse bringing over coronavirus, Jared? <laughs>
0: Well, it's been sitting in Werribee. The uh, you know they always have to go through a quarantine uh, when they come in from overseas anyway, and it's been at Werribee for the last uh, few weeks. So I think if it was going to be bringing anything in, it would have shown up by now. So I think we're safe, and I think around four bucks sounds like a pretty good bet. Mm. To
2: me. Well, but- I have given up on trying to pick ruffies, and I'm going with Funstar in the Coolmore. So that's, yeah, that's, I I hate favourite backers. I'm becoming a favourite backer because I really want to get some gear for a club. So taught me out of it, Jared.
0: We really need to start building a bank here, Ian. I think you might be (laughs) on the money here as well, to be honest. Uh, Very, very classy three-year-old filly, this one. She's a group one winner at this track and distance. So we certainly know the abilities there. She stepped out over 2,000 metres a couple of weeks ago. I'm actually happy to forgive her run for fourth there. That was her first crack at it. I think getting back to the mile here is ideal. And as the only three-year-old filly in the field, she's only got to carry 54.5 kilos. James McDonald is riding this horse as well, and he just rides like a man possessed at the moment. $3 mark, I think that's a very good bet. So I think we could actually go two from two uh, this week, and that is my... Very,
2: very honest opinion. Oh, good. I, well, I, I need honesty. I actually asked Willie who J-Mac was, and yeah. he said it was James McManus that he used to play with at the night. <laughs> so I'm a little bit worried <laughs> yeah. that with a yeah. 100-kilo winger on his back that he might struggle. Hard, but, no, yeah. Jared, thank you again. Um, I told you last week you're on notice. You, you, you liked both of our tips. Last week yeah. we came up with Donut. So this week we're yeah, confident. He,
3: he was trying to make friends last week. He's, yeah.
0: yeah. Now yeah, we're yeah, friends. All right, well uh, fingers crossed for us here and for the funders and of course for the lucky club that we're trying to uh to actually build a bank for here. If we don't get one home this week, maybe I'll just uh try and spend the week digging into the form and finding something myself. You, you know, might right? you might I'll
2: have to help you. us. Like, yeah, I'm pretty time. happy
0: with these ones, so uh so here's hoping for all of us here.
2: All right, well you'll um, have egg on your face too, mate. We'll speak to you next mm. week and we'll see how we went.
0: All right, thanks, thanks guys. We'll like see Cheers.
2: Thanks for your right, support, bye. mate. So yeah.
0: All right, thanks guys, bye.
2: There you go, Will. Well, he likes what we've said. And just
3: remember to uh, gamble responsibly, you know.
2: Mate, we have to gamble responsibly because we cannot win. Mm, so I always do. We are gambling very responsibly. I wish we would gamble more responsibly with Jared telling us what would win. But anyway, we will move on next week. So, William, if I had to say to you who is the greatest rugby league player, and I already know the answer to this, who is the greatest rugby league player of all time, McNeil. It? McNeil. Yeah. 100% McNeil. They've been so, naming all these teams and I'm just very disappointed that he's not in He should be in every team ever named. Yeah. On the and Dolphins also, starting. he should have also been the President of the United States. But Donald Trump is that. So we are going to, every week, we are going to award the McNeil Lemon Award. Your now, new, and
3: you've I don't I'm not sure if you actually wore that shirt on purpose, but I actually go and buy your track your track record. It's I, just a shit shirt. It's I Wednesday. do love a
2: shit shirt, but in saying that I wore it specifically for this award. Mm. So McNeil being probably the greatest rugby league player and probably the greatest human of all time, mm. we have decided to give an award each week to the person who has least lived up to the McNeil name. Yeah. Now I this week my award goes to the imbeciles who tried to rob my house. So I had... Uh, Tell
3: people about that, actually. Well, on Monday night... You messaged me the other day and I'll say, how was your weekend? And you're like, uh, you only got robbed. So well, my dog
2: just- was going berserk. So I came downstairs and I heard voices. And it's a very vicious dog, everyone. It's a Groodle. <laughs> it's a, a griddle that sleeps on a beanbag. So we, we basically... Um, I came downstairs... The lights were off. The dog was going berserk. I let him out to prove that there was no one there. I looked, tried to look at the time. The time was off, as in the clock was off. I went, oh, the mains have gone. Went out to the main box. Someone had turned all the mains off, so they obviously decided they were going to come in and rob the joint. Oh. I ran into the spare room, grabbed a bat. I thought it was a baseball bat. It's not. It's a T ball bat. And then I ran out the front of the house Waving this bat around looking for someone, worked out I was in the nude, ran <laughs> back into the house, looked at the dog. The dog's looking at me. I'm there nude with the T ball bat. And I thought, Have you had myself, any
3: beverages the night before?
2: No, I actually hadn't. No, that's okay. just, yeah, it's just, just nude. for all the ladies out there. I sleep in the nude. But uh, yeah, the T ball bat and the robbing. So those two imbeciles that robbed the bat, first of all, don't click every single switch, just pull the fuse box, you imbeciles. And second of all, case a joint so you know there's no job, there's no dog there. So that's yeah. the McNeil Lemon Award goes to the two clowns that tried to rob. Well, me I house. hope they don't actually do that again because that's actually fucking disappointing.
3: My Lemon of the Week goes to that whole court that had anything to do with George Pell, anything to do with it, the sentencing or anything like that, and obviously the judge and all that kind of stuff. I just, I just can't believe it. It's ridiculous. Um, I'll tell you
2: what, if McNeil was a high court judge, George Pearl would still be in jail. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's
3: embarrassing. I just, yeah. With everything that's going on now, with this shitty little world that we're living in, and we let that guy go.
2: Maybe he'll get coronavirus. Unbelievable. So, next week, we will have a special McNeil Award. The Lemon of the Week, the McNeil Lemon of the Week, will be given to the person who is least likely to live up to McNeil's high standards. William, speaking of high standards, your stories about kangaroo tours, they've taken on a life of their own mm. and not unsurprisingly, they're one of the most popular parts of our segment every week. <laughs> so would you care to give us another story about bad behaviour on kangaroo tours?
3: It's not bad behaviour, it's just normal. Of course not. Uh, anyway, um, I'm not sure what year it was, either three, four or five, uh, take your pick. Um Okay. Okay, it must be five because we got beat. So everyone was really disappointed. We're in we're in Manchester. We had a massive night out. We know we've got a bus in the morning, about a nine o'clock bus all the way down to London. Stay the night. So if you're following the stories before, stay the night, then we will go on to Mexico. Mexico. Exactly. So this is the this is the prequel to all that kind of stuff, and I didn't even mean that, so I'm a genius. Um, we're on the on the bus down, so Wayne Bennett is the coach. That's the only name I'll mention. Only name I'll mention because he's a coach. He don't drink. He doesn't do anything. He's just a great human being. Um, so we've gotten home around about six ish in the morning from the the Saturday the Saturday um, Saturday night fiascos. Uh, a few boys went to sleep. a Few boys didn't. Whatever. Just get on the bus at nine o'clock. Nine o'clock bus. It's about a six hour trip. So Wayne's like he comes up the back, and we're all we're all sitting around the, the beer, the big the, the, the esky or whatever. So he sits on it. We're like fuck. He goes, all right. None of you guys, you know, you're not going to do this. You're not going to do that. You're not going to drink all the way to London. We we're relying on just getting on the piss the whole time, just and just coming back coming into London with a, you know. Skinful. Full sale. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he he sits on that and when he thinks he's got one on us and he probably tells his story now. I don't think I've told him. Um, so we already sort of knew that he was going to do something stupid like that. So myself and a few of the boys, oh, about, probably about 13 of us, we've already packed, we've bought about, I don't know, six bottles of vodka. And we already had the Powerade, so he thought that we were hydrating, drinking all these Powerades. We're smashing it, heap full of like nearly half of it full of vodka.
2: So you're a professional athlete, and what you are doing on a team yes. bus is you are drinking Powerades, vodka Powerades, vodka Powerades, the That's blue one, thing. the blue one. Yeah, it's amazing.
3: It is. So we were just tipping up everyone's drink. We had the, they had the esky right there, so it's one nil to us. Massively. They're so Wayne six Bennett out. thinks
2: you're not drinking. Yeah, this he point. goes, Oh,
3: and he's sitting up the back and he thinks he's getting and then and then he goes from an hour out into London, he'll get off. And then we can the start Esky. drinking
2: beer. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> so huh.
3: So he doesn't even realise everyone is so fucked. And you were drinking the whole way into London. And and I'm talking these it was about a trip, it was easy, like four shots into these we weren't even there was no There was no no measuring, mate. It was like, put the vodka in, (laughs) smash, drink a little bit of the – drink your Gatorade, have a fair sip of it, like he would see it, and then just bang up the back. So we had a good angle on him. We were up the back, and um, I was the main sort of bloke, me and another couple of guys. Uh, So anyway, we have a massive night. So we continue that. We get down to – we get down there probably, I don't know, 2 o'clock in the arbor. I think we pack into our um, hang hotel. on hang on
2: hang on William. So it's a six hour bus trip. Whatever, do the math. No, no, I'm doing the math. I know you, you do, started know. drinking a vodka Powerade at eight Nine. o'clock in the morning. Nine. We had an hour on the bus without vodka Powerades.
3: Whatever, you know what I mean.
2: Looking at scenery.
3: Yeah, we do it. So we got out, and so we went to uh, a pub in London, and we had a, we had a ridiculous night. It was one of the best nights. This is leading up into us fucking off to Cabo. So, but we get home that night. And individually, so as, as I said, like we were the first Aussie team to get beat, and it was embarrassing and all that sort of shit. So we didn't really need anyone. So Wayne's a sort of bloke after games; he doesn't really kick you while you're down. Wait for the per- first time, for the perfect time. Two days on the piss, very emotional, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> you're coming home, and then Wayne's waiting in the fucking foyer. And just absolutely tearing shreds off you. So everybody knew, so everyone was texting each other going, Wayne's in the foyer, Wayne's in the foyer. So individually, for everybody who went out, I think it was a squad of like 25, 25 went out, but a lot of them come home early, they're flying out, blah, blah. It will go on each way. But a lot of us, we were coming in at the same time and then like we got sat down in the foyer and Wayne just gave us like, I I, I seen blokes like in tears when they left. We were hiding in rooms. It was unbelievable the stuff. Because he was sober as hell and he was just like, wasn't talking about football, he was talking about life shit. Fucking cut to the core. Like, I'm 25 years old. It was about you know the the, the five of us that went to Mexico were 25 years old. Do you really need to go to Mexico? We're getting all these sort of talks. It was unbelievable. There's, there was blokes hiding. There was blokes hiding in rooms. There was guys like in tears. It was it was amazing. Do you know was, what,
2: William? I feel like professional sport has changed somewhat in the last 15 years. <laughs> oh,
3: it was it was unbelievable. And a coach like Coach and all that never really sits down, does anything, but. That was the last time we coached a show, 2005.
2: Thank you for tuning in to another successful episode. We'll say successful because we did it. A successful episode of The Take with Willie Mason. We are available on all of your podcast channels. We are Apple. We are Spotify. We're on Acast. We're everywhere. So please tune in. We're loving doing this. And the more you support us, the longer we can do it. (laughs)
0: <laughs> They'll be following Willie more and more.
2: I Back
0: in the NRL. There's Willie Mason. have forgotten how big
3: Willie actually is. Oh!
0: Perhaps the presence of Willie and the Panthers looking at his imposing frame. I'm
3: a 25-minute man.
0: Wow. Oh, you got skills, son!
3: Uppercut <laughs> right hand by
2: big Willie. Too fancy for that!
3: You've been listening to The Take with Willie Mason and co-host Ian Byrne. Produced by Craig Trewick, recorded and engineered by Zig Parker of Green Room Sydney, and presented by the Handshake Media Network.